Hello again, and happy Lord's Day, everyone. Um, I hope this lesson finds each of you healthy, continuing to lift others up, and staying in God's Word throughout the week, as you hopefully have had more time now to catch up on other tasks, including the Bible reading, that Bible reading that we all aim to get more of. As we continue this series of lessons, I'd like to explore the soul aspect of this study on habits of love, because I suspect we already have been doing some soul-searching given that it's been several weeks without being able to interact with one another. If you if you like a visual of this, um, imagine being at home alone, like you are probably now, and if you're if you've done all the cleaning you can do, all the organizing, catching up on other things that are on your list, what other thing or, or work is there that's left to be accomplished? You could easily take a look in the mirror and realize it's you. Now, I know there are some that are still working outside of their homes during these times. And if you are one of them, I'd like to say thank you for doing what you do to save lives and also keeping everyone safe. But by majority, however, I suspect we are all in, in the confines of our four walled homes and have either started or are planning to start some self-improvement projects. This lesson, I'd like to focus on the self aspect of love because I feel sometimes, with myself included, we are blinded by all the rainbows of the world and think everything will just work out and life will be sunshine and flowers. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look towards goodness in the world around us as well as focus on outward expressions of love. Those are great. But it's also important to take care of the vessels and the soul within that we are entrusted with. Let me explain with a story I found off Facebook that someone else shared. A well-known speaker started off his seminar holding up a $20 bill. In the room of of roughly 200, he asked, who would like this $20 bill? Hands immediately started going up. He said, I'm going to give this $20, $20 to one of you, but first let me do this. He proceeded to crumple up that $20 bill. He then asked, who still wants it? Again, the hands were up in the air. Well, he replied, what if I do this? and he dropped it on the ground and started to grind it into the floor with his shoe. He picked it up, now crumpled and dirty. Now, who still wants it? Still the hands went into the air. My friends, we have all learned a very valuable lesson. No matter what I did to the money, you still want it, because it did not decrease in value. It was still worth $20. Many times in our lives we are dropped, crumpled, and ground into the dirt by the decisions we make and the circumstances that come our way. We may feel as though we are worthless, but no matter what has happened or what will happen, you will never lose your value. Dirty or clean, crumpled or finely creased, you are still priceless to those who do love you. The worth of our lives comes in not what we do what we do, or who we know, but, how, but who we are.
You are special. Don't ever forget it. I shared this story because I want to take this opportunity to focus on an interaction between two concepts, self-love and selfless love. Those might sound contradictory in nature and even in the, the grammatical sense, but I want us to see what God has given us regarding these and possibly draw some conclusions to how not only should we love those around us, but have a love of, for self as well. But Brent, you already covered a lesson on this topic earlier, didn't you? Well, that is partially true. If we look back to the third lesson of this series, I presented a talk about living as though we know we are loved, and I described the term beloved and how God truly feels about us. This lesson, however, is about self-love, which speaks to how we might love another, given that we have first showed some love to ourselves. So let's dive in and talk first about self-love. I kind of had an obvious question come to mind when preparing for this lesson, and that question is this. Is self-love actually biblical? I'll let you think on this and, and see what your response is. Is there even a part or room in our worship in, of our lives and service to our Creator and then to others to even to have any love for oneself? Is there any space for that? I'm quickly reminded of one of the commandments that we, we've been told um, and we know from the Bible that we're told to love our neighbor as yourself. There's an, this you know, logic is an easy rebuttal um, stating that if I am to love those around me, then I must know how to love myself in a natural default sense. Because when one is living, do not do then not seek what they desire or need? Sorry, do they not seek what they desire or need? So like, if I'm living in the world, but I'm seeking to love my neighbors as myself, I have to first love myself first before I know how to love somebody else as myself. I don't think we should consider only this logical argument from the biblical pr principle. Um, I will ask again, is this concept of self-love biblical? Think about the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. Let's read it first and then draw um, a couple of conclusions related to self-love. I'll start, um, I believe, in verse 30. Jesus replied and said, a man was going down to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other, by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. 
But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came up to, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and came to him, and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed mercy to, toward him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. Now, we should be familiar with this parable, and the, the lesson that's typically learned is that it was the Samaritan of all people that aided that man in need not the priest, not the Levite, but it was the Samaritan. Now, I could go on, go into why this is significant based upon, you know, cultural relationships between the Samaritans and, well, basically any other nation at that time. Instead, let me ask a different question. Which of those three that encountered the man on the road do you think had greater self-love? Did you say either the priest or the Levite? I would agree with you then. They had too much self-love, however. Why do you think I came to this conclusion? Think about the commandment of loving your neighbor as yourself. Who of the three individuals humbled themselves and actually saw the needs of the man on the road? The Samaritan did, as we have already found out by reading the parable. So the Samaritan, while seeing to the needs of the man on the road, loved his neighbor as he would himself. You wouldn't want to be beaten, robbed, stripped on the side of the road and people pass you by, would you? So we see in this that the Samaritan actually had less self-love, but this was a, a, a more righteous and um, balanced level of self-love that is needed in order to have love for others. Let's look further at Philippians chapter 2, where Paul reinforces this idea. We will be starting in verse 1. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, selfishness, selfishness, or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So Paul here speaks to our spiritual maturity um, concept that I've, I've been trying to bring into all of these lessons, that where if we are immature spiritually, we are only performing self-preservation and seeing to our own, only to our own needs. 
how selfish is that? But if you look at verse 4, he also states that we are already should be looking to looking for looking out for ourselves and our own needs and interests. If we take this out of context, one could remove the latter half of that verse and say it that it's biblical to only look out for our own needs. It's the second half of that verse that really solidifies this concept. We are to include others when we are going about our everyday tasks. Now, I don't want you to lead, I don't want to lead you in a path where you're giving everything you have um, to everybody else and leaving nothing for yourself or even start denying yourself the needs that need that you need that's to sustain yourself. We should not treat ourselves as being worthless because our worth originates from God. You see, in this world where there is greed, selfishness, and deceit, we are loving ourselves too much to notice anyone else around that is in need. I'd like to share with you one more story that I found that solidifies this well as we start preparing for Mother's Day coming up. It all began to make sense. The blank stares, the lack of response, the way one of the kids will walk into the room when I'm while I'm on the phone and ask to be taken to the store. Inside I'm thinking, can't you see I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking or sweeping the floor or even standing on my head in the corner because no one can see me at all. I'm invisible. The invisible mom. Some days I am only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Some days I'm not a pair of hands. I'm not even a human being. I'm a clock to ask. What time is it? I'm a satellite guide to answer. What number is the Disney Channel? I'm a car to order. Right around... F Pick me up right around 5.30, please. Some days, I'm a crystal ball. Where's my other sock? Where's my phone? What's for dinner? I was certain that... These were the hands that once held books, and the eyes that studied history, music, and literature, but now they had disappeared into the peanut butter, never to be seen again. She's going. She's going. She's gone. One night, a group of us were having dinner, celebrating the return of a friend from England. She had just gotten back from a fabulous trip and she was going on and on about the hotel she stayed in. I was sitting there looking around at the others all put together so well. It was hard not to compare and feel sorry for myself. I was feeling pretty pathetic when she turned to me with a beautifully wrapped package and said, I, brought, I bought you this. It was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. I wasn't exactly sure why she'd given it to me, until I read her inscription. With admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I would read, no devour the book. And I would discover what 
would become for me four life-changing truths after which I could pattern my work. Number one, no one can say who built, who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of their names. Number two, these builders gave their whole lives for a work that we would that would never see finished, that they would never see finished. Number three, they made great sacrifices and expected no credit. Number four, the passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. A story of legend in the book told of a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built and he saw a workman carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. He was puzzled and asked the man, why are you spending so much time carving that bird into a beam that will be covered by the roof? No one will, no one will ever see it. And the workman replied, because, because God sees. I closed the book, feeling the, miss, feeling the missing piece fall into place. It was almost as if I had, I had heard God whispering to me, I see you. I see the sacrifices you make every day, even when no one around you does. No act of kindness you've done, no sequin you've sewn on, no cupcake you've baked. No Cub Scout meeting, no last-minute errand is too small for me to notice and smile over. You are building a great cathedral, but you can't see right now what it becomes, what it will become. I keep the right perspective when I see myself as a great builder, as one of the, as, as one of the people who show up at a job that they will never see finished. To work on something that their name will never be on. The writer of the book went so far as to say that no cathedrals could ever be built in our lifetime because there are so few, few, few people willing to sacrifice to that degree. When I really think about it, I don't want my son to tell, his, tell the friend he's bringing home from college for Thanksgiving. My mom gets up at 4 a.m. in the morning and bakes homemade pies. And then she bastes a turkey for three hours and presses all the linens for the table. That would mean I, I had built a monument to myself. I just want him to come home. And then, if there is anything more to say to his friend, he'd say, you're going to love it there. As mothers, we are building great cathedrals. We cannot be seen if we're doing right. If we're doing it right. And one day, it is very possible that the world will marvel, not only at what we have built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world by the sacrifice of invisible mothers. I shared this story to make you think. What things have we been blind to or overlooked? Who have we not said thank you to, but rather asked for more for ourselves? I do hope you each have a great week 
in the grace of our Lord. And join me next week as we continue to look into the topic of selfless love, interacting, intersecting, sorry, with self-love. Thank you.